You're listening to Five Things with Lisa Birnbach. Hi, it's Lisa Birnbach with a lovely guest this week on Five Things That Make Life Better. It's actress Gloria Rubin. You know her from ER. Remember her? She played Jeannie Boulay. And she's been in Mr. Robot. She was in the movie Lincoln. And she's in a show now, a series called City on the Hill. But did you know that she is a longtime environmental activist? Well, she is. And now she is the president of the Waterkeeper Alliance, which is a huge organization made up of 350 member groups around the world whose collective goal is clean water. But I'll let her tell you more. Here's what I'm thinking about. As the good weather tries to break into our previously scheduled program of gloom, doom, and procuring vaccines, the return to a new and nuanced normal, I'll put that normal in quotes, is greeted by two mass shootings within one week. Oh, right. I gotcha. Now that we're allowed to go places again and businesses are opening Now it's time for the guns, because that's what we do in America. We're back at the supermarket. We're back at the nail salon. Why the hell are guns back? Is it a somewhat latent hate for Asian people or for manicures or for women? What makes someone want to kill ordinary people at the grocery store? Is this who we are? The American love of guns and violence is not my America. But I know, I mean, we all know it's there. But how do we allow people to enjoy their arms and ammunition in a practice way where they're targets that are made of target material, not human beings? The silver lining of all the sequestering was the number of mass shootings that went way down because we weren't gathering. How do you like that? That's crazy. But of course, gathering is happening, and it's happening for some in safely well-managed ways and by others in stupid, stupid, chaotic ways, like in Miami Beach for spring break. You know, that sounded judgmental, and it is. It's just too soon for that. We 85% of us have to be vaccinated or some number like that in order for herd immunity to occur. And every day reports come out. There was one this week in the New York Times about these crazy, frightening symptoms that are delayed reactions to the COVID virus, like temporary, we hope, psychosis, long-term brain fog. So it's not just getting a virus and feeling crummy for a week. It's some long-term ramifications and problems. Who wants that? So I'm going to wait until we're all vaccinated and then some for our antibodies to develop. And when my whole family is cooked, we're going to get together and I am going to hug those children like they've never been hugged. Okay. I'm just saying that right now. Kissing will happen. Squeezing will happen, but it's not happening yet. We're going to wait till it's completely safe because then we can enjoy it. While I anticipate those public displays of affection, let me tell you the five things that have made my life better. Number one is Girl Scout Troop 6000. Now, this is a troop based in New York, but it is all of girls who live in homeless shelters. 
Can you imagine? Girl Scout Troop 6000 has made such a difference in these girls' lives. I was a Girl Scout for a year. And I remember I grew up in Manhattan. It was very hard to get some of those merit badges in a big city because we didn't have enough nature to do the scouty stuff, like camping stuff or gardening stuff. But imagine if you live in the city in a shelter, you don't even have perhaps your own room. And it just warms my heart that this community exists for them. And you can buy Girl Scout cookies from Troop 6000. They have a website. I will put their website on my website at lisabernbach.com. I've been sending gifts of their cookies to people near and far. And you know, it's cool. You can also donate boxes of cookies. You buy a $5 box of cookies as a donation and it goes into food pantries because there's so much hunger this year. Now, a Samoa cookie isn't the same as kale or fresh radishes, but I think people will appreciate it. Number two sunglasses. I just adore sunglasses. I can't explain it. Ever since I wore my thick Coke bottle eyeglasses and couldn't wait to wear contact lenses, I started hiding my eyes behind sunglasses. All kinds of them, silly ones, fashionable ones. In college, I wore vintage ones all over the place. I think I was known as the glasses girl or, well, glasses woman. Come on. Anyway, when glasses stores are open again, I will be back spraying them with Purell and trying them on and taking funny pictures. It's just something I like to do. And is it hurting anybody? No. Number three, the videos on food52.com. I find them inspiring. I'm sure you all are very familiar with them. They're the recipes, the how-tos. I don't always end up cooking them, but I like watching them. And they have a chef called Emma La Peruque who makes recipes that are very yummy and very simple. And a lot of them have adjectives in the names like cheesy, gooey, gooey, quick and easy, cheesy, goo. I like those recipes. Number four, ruggable rugs. Okay, they hit me hard on Instagram. And Facebook, I was getting ads for Ruggable constantly, but only after Sheila the dog came into our life. So I think they figured out we had a puppy and they're not for puppies. Maybe I said I needed a new kitchen rug and suddenly Ruggable because, you know, we're algorithmically being spied on constantly started advertising. What they are are washable rugs which are attached to a pretty thick underpad so that they don't slip and you can wash the rug in the washing machine. And the one I ordered online is perfect for our kitchen. It's the right size, the right softness, the right print, everything. I wish I could say, please go to Ruggable and put in my code, but I don't have a code. I don't know Ruggable. I just bought one rug and I'm very satisfied with it. It makes my life better. And number five, two Instagram accounts I like belonging to fine artists. One belongs to an artist I met years ago when I went to a show of his and bought a painting on paper. His name is T.L. Celine, 
And I re-met him through the Instagram account of my friend Dennis Carden, who's another wonderful artist whose drawing we just bought. Anyway, Tom Celine curates, in addition to posting pictures of his work, he curates photographs of 10 rooms he's found on real estate listings. There's no comment about them, not where they are, not how much they cost, not if it's part of a house or an apartment or whatever. They're fascinating. And I find that I look forward to them every week. And Dennis does wonderful commentary on every art show he goes to, and he's back at galleries. He is a wonderful teacher and he analyzes paintings by himself. He'll show a detail of something he's been working on and he comments on other people's work. So it's a teeny bit of art criticism, which he does so well. One thing I would like to ask of you all is, could you tell people about this podcast if you like it? Because I think we're achieving a kind of critical mass, but we need to just get over the hump a little bit more. I get the feeling you like this podcast. I get the feeling that you're enjoying it. And a lot of you have told me that you enjoy the practice of doing a weekly list of five things. So tell your friends and don't forget, go back into the archives. There may be some fabulous conversation that you haven't heard that you can still hear. Coming up, Gloria Rubin, don't go away. Hi, it's Lisa Birnbach. We're back with Gloria Rubin. We all know her as an actress from ER and now City on a Hill and so many other TV shows and movies. But she is now also has been named the president of the Waterkeeper Alliance, which is an enormous job overseeing the rivers and bodies of water all around the world. Welcome, welcome, Gloria. It's great to have you. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here. Uh, Should we start with your work with Waterkeeper and how it's very rare to be a woman of color in the environmental leadership these days? Yes, it is rare, but it will become much more common, I believe. And to be, you know, most recently become the president of Waterkeeper Alliance, just since November of 2020, it has been extraordinary. Waterkeeper Alliance is an organization that I'd been involved with for many years. I was on the board of trustees from 2007 to 2010. And then ventured off to do some other environmental work, but always supported them and always kept in touch. And come last fall, I was approached with this opportunity. And knowing how, very intimately knowing what Waterkeeper Alliance does and how the 350 plus registered waterkeeper groups around the globe, what they are doing in their communities on a daily basis fighting for clean water, knowing what was happening in this country and around the world pertaining to environmental injustice, I just felt compelled to say yes. I asked a lot of questions. I thought about it a great deal. It certainly wasn't an impulse decision by any means because I (laughs) knew myself well enough to know that I get involved. I mean, I dive deep, no pun intended. (laughs) Uh (laughs) That's what I do in anything that I say yes to, whether it be an acting role whether it be music that I'm performing or recording, whether it be books that I'm writing, whatever it may be. 
But Water Keeper Alliance, this again, this global nonprofit that is solely focused on clean water. This job in its and it is a job in its own right. Could ver- it's very much a full time job. But I really mm-hmm. love the opportunity to not just give back in this way, but also it's helping to strengthen my creativity in other ways. So oh, interesting. Yeah. I I read a very poignant thing that you said about your childhood in Toronto, where there was a point at which you could enjoy looking at the water, but you were told you couldn't go wade in Lake Ontario. Yes, exactly. And that's a kind of memory that you never shed, no pun intended. No, it's it's very true. There was water has always been a very cleansing and healing thing for me in my life, even as a little girl whether it be wanting to swim in Lake Ontario, even though it was cold, of course, and not being able to because of it being polluted by either manufacturing waste or human waste or a combination thereof, you know, just certain bacteria that were in the water. But even going swimming as a young girl, I always loved being in the water and still to this day love going um, into open bodies of water, even pools. There's something that it doesn't just cleanse my body. It absolutely is a spiritual thing for me. It cleanses my spirit. And, you know, the fact of the matter is that unfortunately, still in today's times, plenty of bodies of water are not swimmable or fishable or drinkable because of certain pollutants, whether they be, again, manufacturing or energy production, human waste, livestock production, livestock waste. There are so many factors that are polluting our waterways in this country and again around the globe. It really is quite amazing. 350 plus licensed waterkeepers, six continents, patrolling and protecting 2.8 million miles of water. It's extraordinary. I uh, had the great privilege of going to Rajampat, a very biodiverse area of Southeast Asia. Mm. And there, the emphasis is on protecting sharks mm. who are killed for their fins and then left to die. And, and there's a big, big amount of activism and philanthropy around saving sharks. Mm. And then there are areas that are saving coral reefs. Mm-hmm. And there are groups that are saving. I mean, it seems that the specific needs of the water in the world mm-hmm. require a, I don't know, organizations upon organizations upon organizations. Do all the water saving organizations actually work together? Well, sometimes we collaborate with other environmental groups, but water keepers are very unique in the way that these are community based clean water warriors. We have water keepers in China and Bangladesh and in Pakistan and Iraq, in in Africa and Latin America. And these are people that are in their communities fighting specifically for clean water. We bring polluters to justice. We will find out who's polluting the waterways and we'll take them to court and we will win eventually. Well, it takes time. I, I, yes, absolutely. I remember when Bobby Kennedy Jr. fought for the Hudson watershed and won. Well, the Hudson. And that was a very big deal. And I talked about it a lot at the time, but I didn't really understand what a watershed was. And I'm starting to understand that a watershed is the place where ice melts and where water is collected en route to a bigger body of water. Right, exactly. It can be a bay. It can be a lake. It can be a river. Now, you mentioned Riverkeeper. Hudson Riverkeeper was the first of the 
it was the model, the template, if you will, of what uh-huh. have become 350 registered waterkeeper groups around the world. And this is how it started in the 60s. Again, grassroots, a group of fishermen found that they could not fish in the Hudson River anymore because of the car paint shop that was upriver, that was dumping their waste directly mm-hmm. into the river. So they found out who the polluters were. They took them to court. And part of the win, and they won, obviously, part of the win was not just that the company had to pay for the cleanup, but the group of fishermen got to keep half of the bounty so that they could grow their organization. And that was exactly how Waterkeeper, it was like the Hudson River Keeper was the first Waterkeeper of what is now 350 Waterkeeper groups around the world. That was the template. Now, obviously, different countries have different concerns. And so you know, because we are global, we are, our infrastructure, the staff and our infrastructure with organizing and communications and development advocacy training, all of the things that are needed for individual waterkeeper groups to be created and to become sustainable and strengthen themselves is what Waterkeeper Alliance does. We offer those tangible tools so that no matter where a waterkeeper is around the globe, they have access to these tools so that they can you know, again, become sustainable and strong and effective in their communities. Gloria, so that means a lot of lawyers too. There's a lot on of your staff. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of environmental lawyers. Well, again, you know, each waterkeeper group is their own 5013C. Like they are their own registered group. So they I have see. their own responsibilities. Yet yeah, again, at the same right. time, we have the support there and they collaborate with others in their region. And again, we collaborate with other environmental groups mm-hmm. if we are working towards a specific goal. So uh, given that you're still working on a series, given that you're recording jazz records and other records, given that you're about to work on a new book, how much time can you give to the Waterkeeper Alliance on a week-to-week basis? I'm giving a lot of time to to Waterkeeper Alliance. Happily so. I mean, a lot of time. Not just with interviews and articles, etc. But again, I get very much involved. I am joining the regional uh, virtual call so that I can meet as many as possible. Whomever is joining those calls, I meet these waterkeepers. I see their faces. I put faces to names. Uh-huh. Uh, I just finished um, and, and released yesterday on World Water Day an amazing World Water Day video campaign. Out of 350 waterkeepers, we got about almost 50 videos that were wow. I know this is a whole beginning of a whole new virtual not rather online social media plan that I have and the communications team has in order to raise the visibility of our waterkeepers so I spend a great deal of time on with waterkeeper alliance I'm in between acting jobs right now so I am looking for the next right things City on a Hill starts premiering the Sunday second season on March 28th. So all of that's wrapped and done and ready to go. So that uh-huh. I'm also developing a couple of things for television. So I put a great deal of time into that as well. When my focus is needed for the next acting role, don't get me wrong. I will be focused on that for sure. Right. But I right. also continue to be as involved as possible with Waterkeeper Lines because I feel so strongly about it. Because, you know, if anyone watches that video, and sees the faces and hears the, hear the voices of these waterkeepers. And again, this is just a handful of, this is almost 40 and we couldn't fit all of them, everything that they said within a two and a half minute video. Mind right, you, right. we have their individual videos. Just the other day, I was, I don't know, I think I was driving to the dentist or something. And I thought, oh my gosh, we have all of these individual videos from these individual waterkeepers and we can do a whole new campaign 
over many, many, many weeks with all of this material. Mm -hmm. So I discussed it with someone on the communications team and they were like, great idea. I had a tagline for what it could be, which means that I will once again, while I'm on these virtual regional calls, just talk very, very briefly, you know, at the opening of the meeting, little update. Thanks so much. Here's what we're doing next. Would love for you to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, so in addition to being highly invested on multiple levels with Waterkeeper Alliance, I also get energized because I see what these women and men are doing in their communities. Imagine being in Peru, in Tijuana, or in Pakistan, in Iraq, fighting for clean water. Mm-hmm. Now, if they're doing what they're doing every single day, mm-hmm. sometimes in certain areas, literally, they're putting their lives on the line, then yeah. When you think about not having clean water to drink, yeah, there is nothing more elemental. I agree with you that water as an element is soothing in a way that nothing else is. Even just looking at the water, even just hearing the ripples in the water. So the idea that there's nothing clean to drink that the fish are dying, that no one can use their seaside as a place of respite. Uh, The idea that if you get in the water, bacteria will mess you up, get you sick, get your animals sick. You know, and when you talk about Pakistan, I'm thinking about the fight to get girls educated, the fight to feel safe, to have some sovereignty over your body. There's so many fights. And then COVID happens. And then COVID adds so many other layers to the and, struggles. Well, exactly. I'm sorry. I for, I totally, it's Palestine. I said Pakistan. Forgive me. Oh, forgive oh. Me. I'm so sorry. I mean, look at what's just happened in this country, though. I know. Flint, Michigan is one thing we all know about. I know. You think about, we are in the 21st century. We're the most sophisticated, wealthiest country in the world. And we are allowing filthy water to come out of taps in American homes. Well, sometimes I wonder how sophisticated we are when it comes to issues like that. Look at how climate change has affected the severe weather. Yes. I don't like to call them events because they're not events. The Oscars are an event. (laughs) Seriously, this is like not a party, severe weather event. Right. Oh, event is too positive a word. It's exciting. What are we going to wear? Well, exactly. No, all of the ramifications that severe weather I've been having on this country. Look what just happened in yes, in Texas. in Texas, right? You know, in Mississippi, where these residents they have to boil their water because you know the climate is changing. The storms are getting more severe. The and the people in power in their state well, are climate change deniers. Many right. of them. Well, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I just mm-hmm. it's fascinating to me, and sometimes infuriating, frankly, when it's literally happening right outside your window, right, literally right in your own house. How do you deny it? I think sometimes in addition to denial, which has a very nice house with an atrium and, uh, (laughs) you know, beautiful backyard, we also get overwhelmed. Am I using the right light bulbs? Am I uh, separating my trash in the right way? Am I, uh, you know, is driving somewhere worse than taking a subway and on and on and on? And we all, you know, a lot of us want to do the right thing. And yes, it's also about prioritizing. Well, I totally understand that. It can be overwhelming. I get that. Believe me, I completely understand. But 
I understand about, you know, sometimes you have to keep it simple. What is the, the thing that I can do in my home, in my community? For instance, go to waterkeeper.org, find out where your local waterkeeper is or the one closest to you or the one who halfway around the world. Just, mm-hmm. you know, support those who are fighting for clean water. That's what someone can do easily. Yep. And it does yep. take a lot, but it makes a difference. But even in, in addition to that is, you know, we're talking about denial here. We're talking about elected officials who vehemently deny the truth about climate change, about responsibilities of government. I feel like punching those people, honestly, sometimes. Yeah. I really do. I think when it's safe to do so, you'll be spending some time in Washington lobbying. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the great thing about Washington is that elected officials are so starstruck. They are going to cling to you and maybe you can change their minds well, a little bit. Yeah, but- Seriously, I've seen some really extraordinary displays of fangirling by senior members of the Senate. Well, I can, um, believe me, I'll, I'll do everything that I can to, you know, charm them into the truth. Why senator? Why senator? Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know, here, look. Obviously, there are challenges in Washington D.C. that have been exacerbated over the last four years. We know Mm -hmm. about that. I don't need Mm -hmm. to talk about what happened. We're we're in recovery now. Exactly. The good news is that we have an administration that is not denying the truth, and that has, right out of the gate, has um, made the environment, climate change. Uh, environmental justice, a part of, you know, a very immediate plan. I like the term environmental justice because it really speaks to the fact that communities with less Mm -hmm. will be recognized as as important or will be fought for Mm -hmm. so that they're part of part of the spoils of the war against climate change will go to underrepresented communities. And that's so important. It's so important. And there are plenty of stories that back that up. And it's not just, you know, primarily, yes, brown and black communities, but also Caucasian. It's just, you know, poverty or low income communities Mm -hmm. are dumped on literally. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, governments, local governments think nothing of moving dumps too far away from the richest neighborhoods. That's always been the way. Yeah, absolutely. Energy production, oil, coal, fossil fuel industries. Look, when I first got involved with Waterkeeper Alliance, the reason actually why I got involved, the thing that really shocked me was when I heard about mountaintop removal coal mining for the first time, Mm -hmm. you know, in West Virginia. And in Kentucky, and etc. They were like li- 500 mountaintops at that time, literally were blasted off. I mean, blasted off these mountaintops. All of that beautiful debris from Mother Nature would be dumped into the waterways, poisoning hundreds of miles of waterways, right? So they could get to the coal underneath. Now, I went to West Virginia, and I went to that mountaintop, and I saw in the distance, flat, brown, dead yeah earth yeah there were no trees there were no birds there was no nature no every now and then you heard a boom of another blast going off i've been to those communities of the low income communities where they could not drink the water where the coal industry would ship in bottled water to these communities and you know what it pissed me off so bad i just couldn't i couldn't i mean yeah it just was like no 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 
this is not okay. Really, the first time I heard about it at my very first Waterkeeper event, I, I, really, I was literally in shock. I thought, wait a minute, that's happening here in this country? Yeah, like we got rid of your mountaintop. We got rid of your ecosystem. But here, have a glass of Perrier and have a nice day. You know, it's just, it's infuriating. But let's turn this. This show is called Five Things That Make Life Better. So before we get to the things that make you happy, because now we know it, it is infuriating. I don't mean to cut you off. And no. maybe it sounded like I did. I'm sorry. No, you didn't at all. <laughs> okay, but I want to know, I want to talk about you, Gloria, because okay. we've talked about Waterkeeper a lot. And I want to know how it is as a performer, as a creator for you, a world that's changed from being in a series, meaning that was your identity. You signed a multi-year contract. The show owned you and <laughs> you had a great run, for example, on ER. And that's what you do for a year. And then you're four months off. You go to the doctor, you see your friends <laughs> and you yeah. and, and you birth a baby or two <laughs> and then you go back. But nowadays, the career of an actor is a month here. Even if you do a series, mm -hmm. if it's a streaming series, you you have a different it's mm -hmm. a different pulse. It's mm -hmm. a different cadence in your life. How does that work? It works beautifully for me. I, because you do so many different things. Because I, I enjoy doing so many things. Because I as I am as creative now, more creative now than I ever have been. And I really do not want to, and I don't know if I could, give up one thing for the other. Mm -hmm. So working in chunks of time as an actress is absolutely conducive to me locking in some time to work specifically on my next book. Or yeah, having a yeah. knowing that there's going to be a week where it's Waterkeeper Alliance almost every day. Well, it's almost every day now, but you know where I need it. Where the, uh, one specific week is going to be intense with Waterkeeper Alliance. So then I focus on that for the most part for that week. Do you know it's it's or music? Oh my gosh, I can't wait to get back in front of live audiences again. That for sure is going to be a beautiful mm, thing. But do you know, a beautiful thing. Just working on music for sure. I haven't been doing much of that at all. But yes, writing and, and acting and Waterkeeper Alliance and music and enjoying Mother Nature. Like it, it is a lot, you know. The busier you are, the more time you see one seems to have. Well, that's the thing. It's like love, you know. Yes. The more you love, the bigger your heart gets. That's right. And in the end, the love you make is equal to the love you take. <laughs> I love that lyric. Um, okay. I agree. I agree. As a mother of more than two and even three science experiments, I agree with that. Your heart does expand. Mm -hmm. Okay, Gloria, let's get to your five things that make life better. It's a wonderful list. Well, literally, these just came off the top of my head. And I kid you not, ever again, ever since I was a little girl, swimming in the ocean swimming, swimming, swimming absolutely makes my life better. That's number one. That's number one. Especially over this last year, I live, uh, I've been living close to, to the ocean and 
you know, I'm not one to go put on a sweats, um, a wetsuit, a wetsuit and, you know, jump in the frosty arc. <laughs> you're not a, what I'm not, you're not a polar bear. I'm not exactly. No, exactly. I'm just yeah. People, you are crazy, but no, I don't <laughs> like to do the wetsuit in the Atlantic in February, but boy, I sure love to take an early morning swim in the summer. When Ooh, that, that sounds great. Yeah. And that salt water, it's beautiful. Yeah. So that's number yes. one. Uh, number two. Number two. Very important thing that makes my life better. Honest, deep, soulful, and long-lasting friendships. Mm. I discovered, I came across, I actually, it wasn't even a photo, but it was a memory that I had from many years ago when I used to live in California with a girlfriend of mine. And right from the beginning, from the first time that uh, I remember she showed up at my house, I had arranged for her to give me guitar lessons. This is a long time ago. And as soon as I opened that door, we were immediate friends. I mean, mm-hmm. complete friends, laughed our tails off, uh, still do. Haven't seen her in, in a very long time because again, she's in California and I'm in New York. But this is the kind of long lasting friendship. I mean, I sent her a text reminiscing about a certain moment where we laughed so hard for so long that Did somebody pee not almost <laughs> but I, I sent her a text reminding her of that and she responded right away with you know the capital ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> i know we were both laughing at the same time still uh, my long time friendships from from good friends in canada and toronto you know this goes back more than half of my life that's the kind of friendships i'm talking about so that's number two Oh, that's great. And friends who knew your family, knew you in your context, in your most important context. Well, friends who knew me with um, when I was with my brother, Dennis. and, and um, He's your brother who passed away? Two brothers passed. Yes. Yeah. I'm so oh, sorry. Thank you. But um, yeah. So yes, those kinds of friends. Exactly. You can't um, ask for anything more. Number three. Number three, playing the piano and singing. Even if it's just one song, even if it's just like, as as we're talking about, the days can be so full, even if it's just, oh my gosh, I haven't played the piano in like three days. I'll sit down. I'll just play whatever. It doesn't even matter what song it is, but I'll just play and I'll sing. I'm like, oh good. I can still sing. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm always singing. Actually, I, that, I can tell when I'm really, really happy because if I, and I, you know, as everybody has been, and I'm sure the majority of people over the last year now, God, cooking a lot, when I, I find it very relaxing, if I, I, and I always put on music that I can cook to, usually classic rock or sing to, usually classic rock or something. But uh-huh. when, when I'm singing along as I'm prepping and cooking, then I know that I'm happy. So oh, definitely. It's the best. Oh, lovely. Best lovely. Um, number four is beautiful. Number four. Yeah, it is beautiful. Again, being so close to the water uh, and being a natural early riser, there have been, I'm so lucky to say this, so blessed to say this, there have been many a day when I have watched the sunrise, which is always magic, and the sunset. It's really kind of amazing. It's beautiful. Do you have beautiful views from your house? I don't. I have an apartment in the village and I I have views of, I do have beautiful views, meaning that it's almost like a tree house, if you will, because out of every window, I see trees and big open sky, of course. So 
even if I don't see the sunrise at the beach, the way that it crests over the rooftop um, down the street and beams into my bedroom in the mornings, it's, it's gorgeous. Uh, sometimes when the, you know, the moon is full, I remember that I think it was the last couple of full moons and I wasn't aware that the moon was, it was a full moon, but I would be sitting on my sofa and I'd look out that same window and it would be like a spotlight coming. <laughs> oh my God, it's a full moon. And it's that, an event. It, like, now that's an event. <laughs> that's an event. <laughs> exactly. That's an event. <laughs> Uh, I love it. And number five. Number five. Okay. Also involves water. Also involves water. And this is, oh my gosh, this is the best thing. Okay. I like a good hot soak in a tub. I mean, like hot. Almost that. Ooh, it takes you a couple of minutes to really (laughs) get in there because it's hot. (laughs) And like a whole bag of Epsom salts. Yes. Again, that salt water thing. A whole bag. Just dump the whole bag in and I get in there. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. First your skin comes off. Yeah. Then then new skin appears. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And your face is all flush. Yes. And that salt just like takes all of the aches and pains, not just the body, but the heart and the soul. It just like, and it all goes down the drain. And I just let it go down the drain. And then I have a, I, I'll take a really, really frosty, and I mean like really cold glass of champagne. Yeah. That is the life. I know. It's the simplest thing. Do you know, I'm listening to you. I have this giant idiot grin on my face. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, I'm there with you. <laughs> it's a great pleasure. Pl- platonically, of course. And. <laughs> I'm I'm smiling. You have evoked something so rich and vibrant. I am smiling in the tub as my neck sweats. And (laughs) it's just the simplest thing. And it is decadent. I get it. It's a little decadent, but I always, not always, but I, I you work hard. My God. Exactly. You're not hurting anybody. Yeah, exactly. And you know, every I, I work, sometimes I just, I'm so, just work myself too hard sometimes and I can be quite hard on myself. So I have to remind myself, you know, today I'm just going to take, or even just a few hours. It's a treat. I'm taking the, exactly. I'm taking this time off. I'm going to make a bath and I always have as much as possible, a bottle of, at least even a good bottle of Prosecco or a bottle of champagne in the fridge, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. for those nights where it's like, I need it really. I'm just going to sit in the tub. I'm going to have a nice cold glass of champagne afterwards. And then I'm going to sleep for 10 hours. (laughs) And then I'm going to do seven jobs tomorrow. And remember to sing. Gloria Rubin, you are a force of nature, man. I had no idea. I had no idea. I have loved talking to you. It's been a real treat on my end as well, Lisa. Very much so. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let me just say my guest this week has been Gloria Rubin, actor, author, activist, and now as of November, the president of the Waterkeeper Alliance, a worldwide network of environmental organizations founded in 1999. You can follow Gloria and Waterkeeper Alliance on Instagram at GlowRubin, R-E-U-B-E-N, and at Waterkeeper Alliance. 
You've been listening to Five Things That Make Life Better with me, Lisa Birnbach. (laughs) My guest this week has been Gloria Rubin. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and rate it and review it because that gets us new listeners. My blog is at lisabernbach.com where you'll find links and photos to all the things in this program. And I wish I could bottle the essence of Gloria's five things because <laughs> that we could do a scratch and sniff. That that we're not at yet, but but one day. This podcast is produced in New York City by thefieldtv.com. My engineer is Kevin Watkins. My team is Espresso Arucci, Michael Port, Boko Haft, and Sam Haft. Until next week, wear a mask and act natural. Bye-bye. That was Five Things with Lisa Bernbach. New episodes every Friday, if she remembers.